0: You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Today, I'm answering your biggest questions on social media. Yep, my fave, the thing that I get asked to speak about on stages all across the world. And today, you're getting a backstage pass as I answer your biggest cues. I'm so excited to hang out with you to answer your questions and to dive a little bit deeper into how I do what I do and what the real reason is behind every post. I bet it's not what you're thinking it is. Are you guys ready to dive on in? into today's Ask Jenna Anything, all about social media. Let's do this.
1: You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru, Jenna Kutcher, will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts. Listen in on honest conversations,
0: sweet social media. If I'm being honest, social media is the backbone of how I grew my $300 Craigslist camera into my current business. There is simply nothing better than free advertising and outreach, and social media allows you to do that each and every single day. And guess what? Did you hear when I said free? Because that's pretty awesome about social media too. But here's the thing. Social media is not straightforward. There are many tips and tricks that get engagement, turn followers into clients, and using social media to not just get likes, but to drive your bottom line, to convert those followers into paying clients. That is why I'm so pumped up about today's show where I'm digging into the real life behind the scenes of those little apps. This is another session of Ask Jenna Anything dedicated solely to social media. Today, I'm answering your most raw, real life questions about social. So are you guys ready? Let's do it. First things first, we love to ask my audience what they need help with. I think there is nothing better than showing up in your lives in a way that serves you. And when you've got cues, I wanna have the A's. And so we always reach out in our Gold Digger Podcast Insiders group, which you can join on Facebook. I know you're on there anyways. That's what this show is about. So if you just type in Gold Digger Podcast Insiders on Facebook, it's gonna take you to the group and Trust me, I'll let you in. And that's where we ask these questions so that you can have your time to shine. And maybe, just maybe, I will answer your personal question on the show. The first question comes from Jess W. She says, I'd like to know your posting social media workflow with multiple projects facing close deadlines. I am drowning. So, one of the things that's really helpful for me, Jess, is to take a look at the overall month to put down the dates that we know for sure, whether that's jobs we have, promotions going on, collaborations that are happening. And once you start to fill in those dates that you have to hit, then you start to fill in things around that. And my whole philosophy when it comes to social media is serve, 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 serve and then sell. And so when you can see where those promotions are lying, it makes it a lot easier to pack around them a lot of service, a lot of stuff that is just showing up creating connection without any pitches. And so what we like to do in terms of mapping is look at the month at a glance. We actually start with a quarter, then we go down to the month, and then we break it down week by week. Now, I manage my own Instagram account, my sister helps with the Gold Digger podcast, account on Instagram. And so what we'll do is we'll draft out the week together. So I'll say, on this day, I want this. On this day, I want this. And she'll kind of pull it all together and then I'll go through it. And then for my own feed, I do the same exact thing. And so what's really helpful is I never post in real time on social media ever unless it's something like Instagram stories, because I am so focused and trying to just be present. And so I love to just create this resource library of past photos of things that recently happened that I have pictures of that I can still put up because I don't think that people necessarily need to see what you're doing in real time. I think there is power in that on Instagram stories, but in your posts, I think being purposeful and intentional is more important. So I use an app called Plan, it's P-L-A-N-N, mm And my sister and I can share that account so I can see what she's planning out. I can plan out my own stuff. And it really helps so that I can plan out captions, see what my grid is going to look like overall, put in the different hashtags I'm going to be using. We use a lot of different things like that within my business. Another tool we use is Meet Edgar. We had its founder, Laura, on the show a few months back. And basically that is a resource library that helps push content out onto Twitter and Facebook for you. So you can basically go in, create this content library, and then schedule things out. So you don't have to be the person hitting publish at the time things are going live. And then lastly, for Pinterest, we love Tailwind. We use Tailwind to schedule out our pins. It's something that's really helped create a workflow around that. So Jess, when you're talking about having multiple projects, I think just first getting down on paper, those important deadlines, and then really just making sure that you're still showing up, creating connection and serving between those promotions. I know that there are crazy times of year that we all face, but at the same point, you should always start with serving, then go to selling. And we do a really, really good job about spacing promotions out. Saying our best yeses, saying a heck of a lot of no's so that we can really protect to our promotions, and project our audience too. I think a lot of times our audiences can get exhausted if you're constantly pitching to them. Stephanie M. says, what do you do to prep yourself for doing live videos? I hate being on video, but I know Facebook Live and Instagram stories are a great way to connect with your followers. So would you believe me when I said I didn't do much? (laughs) I love going on live video. There is so much power in that. The episode with Amy Porterfield, the proof is in the pudding. That woman is brilliant. And she talks all about the power of live video. But at the same point, I think that the beauty in live video is showing up. And I think that a lot of times we want to be polished and perfect, but I think that people actually connect with us more when we're relatable and real. And so If I'm going to hop on and do a live video, I might just create like five bullet points of things I don't want to forget or things I do want to include. But beyond that, I just want to talk. I want to share my story, share my experience, share whatever it is that I am going on there to share, but I also want to make it interactive and fun and to connect. And so a few mistakes that I see a lot of people make is they'll jump on a live video and they'll say, oh, hold on. I'm just going to wait till everyone pops on here. But guess what? after that first live, that video replay is staying up. So people are watching that happen. And so when you hop onto a live video, you just want to start, maybe introduce who you are, talk about what you're going to cover that day and go right into the content. Another thing that I see people do as a mistake, Stephanie, is that they'll get too overwhelmed or they'll get too responsive with the comments. So then it'll be like, Hello, today my name is Jenna and I'm going to tell you three facts about branding. Oh, hey there, Ashley. How are you doing over there in Texas? Oh, hey there, Brandy. I saw your picture of your daughter. And then all of a sudden you're like, what am I watching? Like, why am I watching this? And so you want to make it interactive without it being too like crazy to kind of like, what is going on? Because a lot of times your followers are not seeing the comments come through just like you are. And so it can get really confusing and it can just feel really, really odd to watch. So I would just say, If you're going to show up live and you want to make a routine out of it, announce when you're going on live so that you have people on there that you can interact with, dive right into the content, maybe have a bulleted list of things you want to go through, and then just keep it real. You know, there's something beautiful about being polished and perfect, but I really think that you're going to go further if you are real and relatable and you just simply show up and serve. Kate S. says, I have such a hard time sharing who I actually am instead of pictures of my work. I know that I need to change, but I struggle. Advice on this? So, Kate, first off, you are not alone. I think one of the easiest things to do is to hide behind our work. I think that has a lot to do with the amount of pressure that we put on people through titles. It has a lot to do with the way we feel about ourselves. I think so many times we feel so boring, so uninteresting, so basic. Like, who could care about things like what outfit I'm wearing or what I'm eating for lunch or where I got my coffee table from, right? But when you start to think about people that you follow, that you could talk about them like they were your best friend. We all have those people. We have those people you follow or you talk about them like everyone should know what you're talking about and you've never met them in real life. In fact, they probably don't even know you exist. Those people are doing a really good job of creating connection with you. And so I would challenge you to look at the kinds of things they're doing, and I would bet that they are sharing themselves in a way that is creating this connection, this friendship that is spanning over the internet. And so what I have found is that for people to really care about our work, for people to value it, to understand it, to really see it as something beautiful or wonderful or something that is adding value, they first have to know who we are. Because I always say, especially as a photographer, I don't know what you do, Kate, but as a photographer, for people to really understand my photos, they have to understand the photographer, the person behind it. For them to understand the art, they have to know the artist. And so, what is so beautiful about stepping out onto your feed to introduce your story and just share a little bit about who you are is it creates this memorable connection, but it allows you to connect with people beyond just what you do, beyond the products you sell or the services you offer. You're creating this connection that is going to keep somebody following you or going to help somebody to choose to follow you, even if they currently don't. Don't need your product or service. And what is so incredible about that is that all of a sudden your reach went from being incredibly narrow to way more broad. You can speak to way more people. And I always give the example of if I were to only show Wisconsin wedding photos, who would my audience be? It would be brides that were getting married in the next year that still needed to hire a wedding photographer that were living in Wisconsin. That's a super narrow audience, right? Like that's like a couple thousand people tops. But since I share things that I'm passionate about from rescuing puppies to decorating homes to my marriage to traveling to Hawaii, whatever that looks like, because I create all of these different touch points of connection, people become obsessed with the stories that we're telling and the human that I am. And so what I think is beautiful about that is that you may feel basic, you may feel boring, but so do I. I mean, I am a girl who works from home in her yoga pants with her dogs, who becomes a hermit and lives in a town of 12,000 people where people don't even know what Instagram is. Yes, I'm basic, but I still have a story to tell, and so do you, and so you have to step out and start showing your face. I truly believe that if I went to your feed and I couldn't find whose feed it was, whose voice I was listening to, I wouldn't follow, because nothing would make sense without knowing who the creator was. Lauren L says, I could listen to you talk about content creation all day long. I know you already have some episodes that cover this, but it doesn't sound redundant to the rest of us or repetitive to keep hearing about it. So let's talk a little bit about content creation, because I think that that can be one of the most overwhelming pieces of social media. So when you look at your week, depending on how often you share, you could be creating up to 20, 30 posts just to get you through the week. So I want to share exactly how we do this on my team because it's a mix of posting in real time, posting planned posts, and automation. And I think that this mix works really well because it gives the brand this feel that we're still showing up every single day. We're still delivering content, even if we're not the people hitting publish. So when it comes to content creation, one of the most beautiful things that I can challenge you to do when you go to create new content is to really focus on creating content that has longevity, stuff that is not going to be posted once and then die on your blog. And so we are publishing new blog posts Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. All of those get shared on Facebook, Monday and Wednesday get shared on the Gold Digger podcast Instagram account, and I'm sharing Instagram stories on my own account based on what we are publishing on those three days. Now on the other days, we have automated stuff that is getting pushed out through platforms like Meet Edgar, and we also start every single week by scheduling out 100 pins on Pinterest using Tailwind. Now, I know this sounds like a lot, but a lot of times it's really looking at what performed well in the past and how can we repurpose it. So it's looking at your best pieces of content and instead of always creating new stuff, really spending time on promoting the stuff that's already done well. What I find is that a lot of times people are spending a ton of time creating, 90% of their time creating new content and only 10% of their time promoting it. And what we need to switch is to be creating new content maybe 10% of the time and figuring out how you can promote it that rest of the 90%. Because a lot of times when we go to post something, we think that everyone sees it. But in reality, only about one, two, three percent of your audience is seeing your posts, which is kind of pathetic. Let's be honest. So you want to create content that will last you a while, that you can share a month from now, two months from now, three months from now to continue to get traction on it, get eyes on it without always creating new things. So what we do as a team is we'll kind of look at what's coming up the week and then we divide and conquer. So Caitlin, she is my Pinterest and my SEO search engine optimization girl. Kate is my gold digger podcast girl. I handle my own Instagram and check out my Facebook, but we kind of tag team the whole event. What I think is so awesome about it is that we're always sharing content but it's not always new content. It's content that's serving. It's content that's performed well. And it's content that we created with intention. And so of course we've had episodes on content creation, but I hope this helps explain a little bit of what goes into our social media strategy. Now we have found that quality trumps quantity with algorithms and engagement. The way that things look is that you don't want to just be putting up posts to put them up. You want to be putting up posts that are using call to actions that are asking people to take action in some way or shape. So whether that be double tapping or comment below or tag someone or share this post or post your favorite gift below. And that really helps to get traction and it helps for us to see what sort of call to actions people are responding to. Fuel Goodness on Instagram asks, I would love to know how you've grown your social media accounts. Well, I mean, I talk all about this so much. And since you commented on Instagram, let's dive on in there. So just a few years ago, I had 1,800 followers, and in one year, I had already gotten up into the five digits. So I really devoted a lot of time and attention. I'm not going to lie. like Instagram took a lot of work to build. But nowadays, I don't spend as much time on worrying about getting more. I spend more time on showing up for the people that are already showing up for me. And guess what? They bring friends, and so what I think is so beautiful about social media and how to truly grow is to serve people that are already there for you, whether that's thirty or thirty thousand. And I think what's a such a telltale sign that that works is that instead of going out there and always being on the hunt to get more and more and more, and how can I find more, and how can I reach more, and how can I comment more. We really just try to invest into our current followers. So when they comment on post, comment back. When people send DMs, try to respond back. I'm not one to shy away from sending videos back to people who are sending kind words, and I love to interact with the people that are already interacting with me. And so what I think is wonderful about social media is there is a lot of strategy that goes into it, but what I really look at social media as is our legacy. Now, I've told a story before, but I'll tell it again just in case you forgot. A few years ago, Drew and I were newlyweds, and we lost one of our very close friends. He was the best man in our wedding. Drew had lived with him for years, and they were friends since they were in middle school. And he passed away unexpectedly in a car accident. And this was kind of around the time when I was starting to grow my following. And I remember in our time of loss and our time of grief with him, I remember just going back to his Twitter account and his Facebook account and his Instagram and just trying to see glimpses of him, trying to read his words and hear his laugh and see the things that he posted and, and really just feel like I was closer to him. And I had this revelation during this time that social media is not just marketing it's not just strategy. It's not just numbers for the sake of numbers. That social media these days is our journals. It's the way that we share our world with everyone. It's the way that we put our stories out there. It's the story that we want to tell, the story that we want to be true of our lives. And so when I started to realize this, there was a giant shift in how I saw social media. And Truth be told, this was around the same time that things really started to pick up for me because I started using social media as a means to tell my story, my legacy. I didn't want to look back on my Instagram and say, that wasn't my life. My life didn't look anything like that. My life was never that perfect. I wanted to look back at it and say, that's exactly how it went. They may be pretty photos, they might be curated things, but there is my heart and it is being served up as raw and as vulnerable as I can get. And so what I think is beautiful is that a lot of times we say that social media is our highlight reels and I think that's great, but my social media also shares the really hard things. It talks about body image and miscarriage and challenges in your marriage and loss. And and I want it to share all of those things because The highlight reel and the real reel, they're both my life. And so when I talk about growing social media accounts, it's not just about numbers, but it's how many people can you impact with your journey? How many people can you share your story, your legacy with? And how do you want to be remembered? How do you want to remember your life? Like I imagine years from now handing a phone over and my kids laughing at our our archaic Instagram as we tell them about how important we thought it was at the time. But I want for them to read these captions and to hear their mom's voice through the hardship, through the pain, through the journey of infertility, through all of that, because that's me. And that explains a lot about who I am. So This probably wasn't the answer you were expecting, but I think that I've grown my social media accounts because I've kept it real and because I've shared real stories, honest stories. And I think that a lot of times people go onto social media to find something. What they don't expect is to be finding the fact that they're not alone when they really feel like they are. Fuel Goodness also asked, how do you leverage your social media to get paid sponsorships? Totally legit question and something I'm not afraid to to talk about. I think a lot of people shy away from this. They don't want to acknowledge that, hey, we can get paid to post. And I actually think that's a pretty wonderful thing. When I talk about things in the Instagram lab, my signature Instagram program, we talk a lot about how you can convert your followers into paying clients, but you can also get paid to use social media. Do you guys realize that? Like we make anywhere from 5000 to $10,000 a month on paid sponsorships and I take very very few paid sponsorships on because I'm so protective of my feed and of my audience. So what I think is awesome and what I think brands really want to see is an engaged audience and a true influencer. So not somebody that's just going to take any amount of money and share any product, but somebody who is very protective of that audience and who is very, very specific in what they feel comfortable in sharing. So one thing that's been really cool over the last year, especially after I got over 100 thousand followers is that I was starting to work more with PR companies than directly with the businesses. And what I love about that is that a lot of PR companies do a really good job of educating that client and saying, you want to choose influencers that are aligned with your brand, but you also want to give them the ability to talk freely about your product or service. And so when I do paid sponsorships, I first have to use a product for over a month. And if I don't like it, I won't do it. You guys don't even know how many products I've tested that I've just said, I'm sorry, this isn't a right fit, but thank you so much for reaching out. And so I will not talk about something that I do not use in my real life. I will not work with brands that require me to say a million things about their products. I want to talk about their products organically, authentically in the way that I'm using them. And so it's been really awesome to get that extra source of income while also sharing things that I love with you guys. But it is also a job. I mean, we have to present copy and images and we have to adhere to different FTC guidelines and use different hashtags. And there's a ton of back and forth that goes in with the content creation. We have to style and shoot the product. We have to make sure it's aligned with the brand. We have to make sure it's aligned with our brand. And so while it is amazing and incredible to get paid to post, it is still a lot of work. It's still a job. I think a lot of people don't understand that piece of it, but it's definitely a blessing and something that you can work towards with social media Danielle asks, what do you think is your secret superpower that has made people resonate with you? I mean, honestly, I think that naps are my superpower. I'm a really good napper, especially sleeping on planes. But I think the true ability to show that I'm not perfect in a way that encourages people to just show up to come as they are into life online, definitely on Instagram. I think that what is incredible is that my most engaged with posts are the ones where I'm sharing my struggles, my imperfections without making it feel heavy or messy for others, but instead serving as this gentle reminder that like we're in this together. And so I think what has worked so well, and it's just true to myself, is really staying in alignment with what feels right. I think a lot of times we can get so caught up in looking at what everyone else is doing. And so I want to make sure that I'm always staying in alignment. Does this feel true to me? Does this Is this a true reflection of who I am? Am I speaking to the people I want to speak with? Am I paying attention to the 98% of the good and not glorifying the 2% of the bad? And We'll talk about that in just a minute. We have a question. Ashlyn says, What is your rule in terms of handling the comparison trap online? So here's my rule, and I've actually gotten really good at it lately. So my rule is create before you consume. And I know I've heard this somewhere, and I cannot remember where I heard it for the life of me. But what I think is so awesome and why it stuck with me is that we are so impressionable. We are so impressionable, and a lot of times we are following so many other people in our industry. We don't even realize how much we are impacted by the other people that we follow, and so I started to create a lot more boundaries around social media, especially when I started feeling less than or not enough. So I do not sleep with my phone in the bedroom. I sleep with it downstairs, so a full stairs away. And I will not open any apps in the morning. So I go on a walk with the dogs. I'll either listen to a podcast or listen to music, go on about an hour-long walk, come home, eat breakfast, and then I can start work. And the best work that I do is always before I consume other people's stuff. So when I sit down and ask myself, what do I want to accomplish? What is my message for the day? What do I want people to understand? It is so much better When I do that without consuming first, when I do that without sitting there in bed and scrolling for 20 minutes and seeing perfect vacations and perfect outfits and perfect bedrooms and and all of a sudden I feel like I'm laying in a pile of my own garbage and I'm not worthy. And so setting up that boundary of not having my phone in the bedroom and really creating space for me to wake up and to really set my intention for the day before opening up those apps has truly made a difference. Rachel says, I know that you say your main focus is on growing your email list. Can you explain why it's still important to grow your social media following and why you still believe in the power of things like Instagram? So... I've said it before and I'll say it again. This year is the year where I focus on list building like crazy. I want to grow my email list to be far bigger than my Instagram account, to be far bigger than my Facebook account. I want it bigger than all of my social media accounts combined because it is the number one thing that is driving profits in my business. But I have to have these relationships, gain these followers, and really serve them well to convert them to land on my email list. So one of the easiest ways to grow my email list is through growing my Instagram, my Facebook, my Twitter, because I can share tools and messages and inspiration with people until they are ready to opt in. And so what I think is beautiful is growing your Instagram in tandem with growing your Facebook and your email list. They all go hand in hand. When you are growing an audience, it is not done in vain, but you cannot have social media be your end goal. You have to have something bigger, something that you own, something that you're in control of, which for me is an email list. So, of course, I'm still growing my Instagram. Of course, I'm still wanting to attract more followers. Of course, I'm hoping that those numbers climb, but that's not my end goal. My end goal is to figure out what these new followers need, serve the current followers, and really see speak into their lives in a way that says, I'm showing up for you. I have this resource for you. I'm going to make your life easier. I'm going to make it better. All you have to do is give me your email address and I will serve you that way. And what I think is so great is that with our focus on service, we're really helping people. Like I sometimes forget that what I do can actually make a difference. I'm putting it out there, guys. Like I don't understand when I look at numbers that I'm actually impacting lives. It's easy for me to look at download numbers, follower numbers, engagement numbers. I forget. I forget. I'll be the first to admit that. But what I think is so incredible is that I'm given this stage, this platform to show up on day in and day out, just as I am. And I'm going to use that well. I am going to steward that gift as well as I possibly can. And I want to get those people into a place where I can really intimately ask them, how can I help you and genuinely create the tools that can do just that? Lauren Nicole says, Yesterday I was listening to your podcast about growing a community on social media, but I keep coming back to the same question. It all sounds great if I were selling a service, but I am trying to grow a brand company and I'm not selling a service, but a product. How do you put yourself in your business, make it feel personal, but not have it look like an artist that makes things? So one of the things that I think is so important, and I talk all about this in episode number 49, which is creating a community through social media, and in episode 97, where I share my favorite Facebook group hacks, both of those will be great resources for you. I also sell products, okay? So my only service is wedding photography. My products are courses. We have com where we sell digital products. I'm selling products too. But here's the thing. You have to grow a brand and not a business. And in doing that, then you are allowed to expand, to evolve, to pivot, to change. And so I didn't always have products. In fact, a couple of years ago, all I had was my service, but I created a brand because I was showing who I was and creating that connection like I talked about earlier. And so You have to make it feel personal. You have to tell the story about why you're creating what you're creating. You have to resonate with people. Maybe tell that story of transformation. Maybe explain who it is you're creating for. Tell your client stories. But you have to create connection beyond that product. Because if you're only selling a product and you're only posting about a product, then like I said, your reach is going to be so small. Your audience is going to be so small. And if people don't need what you're selling, then they have absolutely no reason to follow you. All right, we are down to our last question. So Courtney asks, what are your thoughts on sponsored content? How do you navigate it? And I kind of shared that episode 103 talks all about becoming an influencer, what that looks like, how I set boundaries, how I communicate what I can offer to brands. But she says, how do you maintain authenticity while following sponsored post rules and not making it feel like it's sponsored 24 seven? So when we take on sponsored content, We, like I said at the very beginning of the show when I answered Jess's question about how to plan out your content, we make sure that there is absolutely no more than one sponsored post per week. So one out of seven posts. And that just goes back to the serve, 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 and then you can sell. And so a lot of times what we found is that it's more worth it to share my own stuff, to bet on myself, to share my own products or my own services than to constantly be doing sponsored posts. And I think that there's something beautiful in getting paid to post about things, but you genuinely have to love it or else they're just going to flop and it's not going to be good for the company and it's not going to be good for your brand either. And so you have to give it space. You have to give it rest. You have to make sure it fits and it's in alignment. You have to keep your voice in those posts and you have to just be really honest about why you love the product or what you love about it or how you're using it in your life. And so I am a stickler as an influencer. I might be a brand's worst nightmare or their dream comes true because of the way that I do things, but I have to stay very true to the brand that I've built and I truly have to respect the people that have chosen to follow me and my life and that have given me their trust. So guys, there you have it. All of your social media questions that you guys dreamed up about using and leveraging social media for growth. I cannot tell you how much social media and its momentum has changed my life. And I truly hope that this episode gave you tips and tools for you to pursue that leap yourselves. And as always, if you have any questions, I'm constantly checking our Gold Digger Podcast Insiders Facebook group and the Gold Digger Podcast Instagram account to make sure that I'm answering your biggest questions. You guys are the fire behind this show and I want to hear from you. So ask any questions that you have. Let me take a few minutes to answer your questions live on the air. And I just thank you. Thank you for following along on social media. Thank you for hanging out with me on the show. I would love to hear what you thought about this show. Hop on over to Instagram at Jenna Kutcher. Tell me what you thought. Tell me if you were inspired or encouraged and let me know if you have any more questions that we can answer on a future show. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals and I will be sure to connect with you soon.